What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. David, first time in a few uh, episodes, it's just me and you. How you doing, man? Doing all right. We got a uh, we got an exciting day happening Thursday, you know, with Leonard Taylor, five-star defensive tackle, gonna make his college announcement between Miami and Florida. So, you know, the hot recruiting continues for Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes. We'll get into it more. Also, you know, fall camp right around the corner too. So don't have details in terms of what that will look like for Miami, you know, as we record on Wednesday morning, but I'm sure we'll find out relatively soon. And, you know, there's also been definitely some, some updates to the roster, which we'll get into and, you know, football's right around the corner. So that's definitely always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, are you anticipating any media coverage for uh camp or, or cause yeah, I guess like, what are your expectations? I mean, tentatively I think they're exp- expected to open practice on August 7th or start camp, I right. should say, uh, which is Friday, but I would guess there's going to be a lot of zoom meetings. Um, my, so my best case scenario expectation right now would be maybe Miami lets us go watch, you know, 15 to 20 minutes at practice outside where we all, you know, all the media has to wear masks and where we can get photos and video. And then I do, I agree. I think, you know, in terms of like interviews and stuff, I think it'll have to all be Zoom. Um, so, you know, that to me, that's the best case scenario. Now, Miami just might say, yeah, all you guys get is Zoom interviews, you know, which is fine. Something's better than nothing. Um, but we wouldn't get to necessarily go out and, and see some things for a limited time with our own two eyes. So we'll find out. I mean, I do think Worst case scenario, we at least get interviews with guys over Zoom uh, every day. So there's there's something we can we can get out of that type of access. Um, but you know, as you know, it's also nice to see things with your own two eyes, and and we'll see what Miami decides. I, I honestly I can't fault them for uh, not letting us do that. You know, because I mean, everyone just has to cut down on risks and you know, try and keep everyone as safe as possible. So if they decide to not let us in, I do understand where they're coming from with that, but we'll just have to find out. You mentioned uh, the Leonard Taylor announcement. I think we're going to talk about that on the, on the back end of the episode. Um, wanted to kind of get into some team stuff um, yeah. to start things off. One, I guess, storyline to track or a situation that's becoming more I guess realistic is um, we're starting to see college football stars opt out. Um, right. I think it was Tuesday, Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman announced that he's just going to prepare for the NFL draft. That's after uh, Virginia Tech corner Caleb Farley did the same thing um, last week. And then Micah Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker, is expected to do the same. Uh, and I think. If there's one player on Miami's roster that could potentially do this, it's it's Greg Russo. 
Yeah, I mean, and the reason would be, what do all these players that have decided to opt out have in common? Well, they're widely, you know, projected and considered as top 20-ish NFL draft picks. Uh, You know, all of those guys could potentially even go higher than the top 20. So the one guy that definitely falls into that category with Miami is Greg Rousseau. Now, we're not hinting at anything. We don't know anything in this regard. It's just a trend that is happening. And so it does make you uh, wonder what Greg Rousseau is going to decide to do because, let's be real, he has to make a business decision. Um, You know, at this point, we don't have any indication to believe he will opt out. Um, But, like you said, it, it is definitely something we need to monitor until... Uh, Greg or Miami or Manny Diaz says otherwise, right? So um, it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I agree. Yeah, no, uh, Micah Parsons. So I kind of looked at CBS Sports mock drafts. Um, and obviously, like, you know, those things are kind of crapshoots sure. this far out. But Micah Parsons in the three Sports mock drafts, he was all, he, he was selected on all three of those. Um, uh, Rashad Bateman, he was in two of them, and, and Farley wasn't in any. And if you look yeah. at those mock drafts, Greg Russo is a consensus top five pick. Two guys have him going number four overall. One guy yeah. has him going number five. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I still, uh, as magical as the, the back end of the season was for Greg Russo, like, man, he really has not played that much football. Um, and, and more specifically, that much defensive end. Like if you talk to Manny Diaz, he'll be the first to tell you that the guy's still trying to figure out what exactly to do. So I think it would be um, – I, I guess I'd be surprised, but I could see that situation becoming more and more of a reality. And I do want to point out um, when the ACC released its new schedule last week, uh, Greg kind of retweeted it with the eye emojis. So, I mean, you know – Right, people. We're in a weird time in sports where everyone wants to, you know, criticize every little movement on social media. So, I mean, you can read into that however you want, but I do think that's a positive sign. And just, just having covered Greg's recruitment, I think right. I would lean towards him, who's a guy that's not looking to um, cash a check. But man, if you if you're projected top five pick right now based on what you've put on film, like I would think, you know, <laughs> go right. maybe. Right. It, like, like you're alluding to, it's a business decision. And as you also alluded to, like, I agree. I think if, if, you know, if there wasn't this business decision, I think Greg would want to play all day. He's that type of dude. Right. Um, but, you know, with Micah Parsons expected to opt out of the season, Greg is, you know, kind of, the top defensive football player in all of college football. If that happens, it's, it's a debate, I guess, either between him or Marvin Wilson at Florida state. Um, I'll ride with Greg in that debate, but you know, I, I do think like you're saying, it's going to have to be a decision. It's, it's a tough decision for Greg. Um, I'll be curious to see what maybe some quarterbacks decide to do. Um, you know, guys like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, there's, there hasn't been any indication they're thinking about opting out either, but um, you know, 
all these guys, let's be real, they got to make decisions uh, between now and the start of the football season, whenever that is for the various conferences. Um, we teased camp is, is starting. Like it, it, it should start, I think, within sometime soon. The Big Ten just put out yeah. um, that they released their schedule. They're going to give their teams like 29 days to practice. I think someone pointed out on Twitter, like, okay, well, in 29 nine days from now, someone's supposed to play a game. So uh, practices are going to start soon i guess david one quote-unquote battle has already been settled derek king is the official miami starting quarterback we knew that um what what is the one if we get a 15 minute viewing session like your eyes are going to be shot over to here this is what you got to see what's going on here what what position is it for you well i i will be curious about what linebacker looks like um simply because you know miami's replacing Three starters there if you include the striker position and Romeo Finley, right? So I, I think we know everyone expects Zach McLeod to be the starting middle linebacker this season. That's kind of settled. That's going to happen. The other linebacker spot, the, the weak side spot, is somewhat up for grabs in my opinion. Uh, I would probably pencil in Sam Brooks at this point as the guy to start there. Uh, simply because he's he's probably a, a little bit ahead of Avery Huff in terms of just development, you know, especially after playing last year and getting one start in the bowl game and, you know, being relatively productive in that bowl game. Now, I do think it's it's a position battle to watch because I do think Avery Huff is, you know, somewhat of a freak talent uh, from a physical standpoint. Um, so he could emerge as the starter, but I think the safer choice is Sam Brooks, who, you know, also does bring some physical gifts to the linebacker spot as well. And then, you know, I mentioned striker to me, that's, that's, I mean, I would probably pencil in Gilbert Frierson right now, uh, as, as the starter there, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, Keontre Smith kind of becomes the starting striker there. Uh, I do think they will rotate both those guys no matter what and and probably play it by situations because I think, you know, Keontre is probably a little better against the run, whereas Gilbert Frierson's probably a little more fluid, a little longer uh, body type against the pass. So Miami has some versatility there at the striker spot with both those guys. You know, after seeing the, the one week of, of spring football, I, I was kind of excited about the way Keontre Smith looked at striker during that week. He was, he was kind of making some plays uh, there with the second team defense. So that's, that's kind of the position group I would have my hand. I'm also a little bit intrigued, too, with how true freshman Tyreek Austin Cave will look. Um, I think he's... I think he has a chance to end up better than, than his recruiting ranking, but we might not see that this year. That might be a, a thing, uh, you know, where he plays significantly down the road, but um, we didn't get to see him. Sorry. He was a early, early and really freshman. We didn't get to see him in the spring because he was, he was out recovering from uh, surgery. So uh, all camp, if we do get to get out there, will be the first time we get to see it. What, what position group intrigues you the most? 
Well, I mean, you know, I'm like a big Shamanad guy. Um, so I, I'm glad to hear that that take from someone else about Keontra Smith. I think it will be exciting to see him progress. And remember, specifically talking about the striker position, last year, like Miami rolled Gilbert Frierson out there and like a lot of key situations kind of early on. Sure. Like in the Florida game, he was out there. So I think Keontra, um, they're, they're going to rotate guys. And I think he'll probably be someone that's in there. And, and Gilbert will, will obviously get the start. But definitely agree, linebacker one to follow. I, I will say it's kind of promising, like, there's a lot of good athletes, Sam Brooks, Avery Huff, um, right. Tyreek Austin Cave. Like, I think Miami has, has kind of not changed their outlook in terms of what they want at linebacker, but they're definitely trying to get faster and more athletic there. So interested to see who emerges next to um, Zach McLeod. I'd, I'd probably lean towards Sam Brooks, but we'll right. see. I, I know the staff's excited about Avery Huff. For me, the big position battle or – I guess unit is just the offensive line. Um, right. We saw a little bit of it in the spring. Um, They're kind of moving guys around. You've added a new body in uh, Houston graduate transfer, um, Jared Williams. You know, it's kind of funny. We were like, is Jared Williams even going to be able to practice or, or do workouts with the team kind of when he uh, announced that he was coming to Miami? Because remember that they're essentially having to count him forward and like, you know, coronavirus has pushed so much of this back that like he's, he's on the same page as everyone else, I would think at this point, in terms of being inside the facilities, working out, being on those Zoom calls. So to me, do they start him at left tackle? Do they start him at right tackle? Um, what does that mean for Zion Nelson? I know you're going to bring up the fact that like Zion Nelson has put on a ton of weight and I'm going to assume it's good weight. Where's John Campbell? Um, where's, where's Delon Scaife? So I think just kind of I guess what we what what does the starting five look like and what's kind of behind it and are they going to potentially you know try to work Isaiah Walker into that too deep do they think he might get a waiver I think there's just so many storylines on the offensive line and go back to last season that was like the Achilles heel for the Hurricanes they gave up 50 plus sacks so um, it's going to start there for me and and like I'll, I'll have the binoculars out assuming they uh, you know, give us a, give us access to practice. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's, it is the most interesting position group uh, this season for Miami, in my opinion, because like you said, they can go in so many different directions with guys lining up at the various positions on the offensive line. And then also, you know, I think one of the storylines for all of college football across the country um, right now is what type of shape, what type of condition are your is your offensive line in going into this season? Because, you know, these guys, yeah, they've been working out at Miami now for maybe about a month, but they missed, you know, probably three or four months of, of being in a consistent strength and conditioning program. So you're right, guys are listed heavier in some cases. Guys are listed a little lighter in some cases, uh, which I think is encouraging. But with offensive linemen, you just never know until you see how that weight looks on the body. So, I mean, pretty much everyone in in America experienced uh, going through quarantine. Uh, Gyms shut down. I I think everyone knows how easy it is to maybe tack on some pounds that they weren't um, anticipating. So, yeah, I think that's a a monster storyline. 
and I'll say this too, like, okay, for instance, like John Campbell, right? He recently posted a photo of him, you know, gassing up his truck at a gas station, right? And who knows, maybe the fit of his clothing was slim fit and he just looked a little skinnier because of the fit of his clothes, but he looks relatively lean and on this new official roster, he is listed at 310 pounds, right? So if, if he really is 310 pounds and he has leaned up, which means he's improved his muscle mass, uh, that's a good sign, right? That, that shows that John Campbell put the work in this offseason and is, is kind of ready to go, ready to battle for a starting job. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these guys look when, when camp starts. Um, you mentioned the weights, and I know you wrote about it on the site, miami.247sports.com. Like, what were some of the notable measurements? And I guess, like, wh- wh- how, how do we kind of approach these? Like, are these after they, they worked with Feely, or, or are you reading much into them? I, I guess, what, what are the ones that stood out to you? So I have breaking news. The, uh, the media availability was just listed or just uh, sent out to us. And first practice will be Friday at 6.30 p.m. And the release says all media activity during fall camp will be conducted via Zoom. There will be no opportunities for in-person media access. Uh, when possible, the Athletic Communications Office will pass along download links for photo and video. So, you know, kind of as I said, you know, we'll get Zoom access for uh, interviews, but won't be able to see much in person, which is unfortunate, but, you know, hopefully in time, maybe we'll get to see something. Um, but anyways, yeah, back to the roster. My, my biggest takeaway, honestly, from the updated uh, 2020 football season roster is that, you know, to me, it just, it, the weights, to me, seem like a older roster, a roster that is getting bigger, and, and, and that comes with age and, you know, an improved strength and conditioning program, right? This is David Feely's second offseason with the program, even though it was a weird offseason. He's definitely established, uh, I think, a good program, and he has gained the trust of the team overall. So, um, you know, when I look at the general weights, especially for, for the projected starters, right. Um, they're just, it's, it's a bigger team. And and why does this matter? Um, you know, people have gotten on me in the past, the past couple seasons, um, when I've, when I've kind of called Miami small, particularly on defense and yeah, the, the uh, official roster weights at that time necessarily didn't make you think that Miami was necessarily a super small team, but those weights didn't necessarily match up to the eye test, right? And what do I mean by that? So, you know, back in 2018, game one, Miami's taking on LSU. Um, I remember during pregame warmups being on the field you know, just eyeballing what LSU looked like, you know, from a physical body type standpoint, particularly 
you know, at the line of scrimmage positions compared to what Miami looked like uh, on the line of scrimmage positions go, you know, on that game during warmups and it, it didn't look close. Right. So LSU looked like they had some grown men on the line of scrimmage, whereas Miami, yeah, they had, they had guys that were, you know, 300 pounders, et cetera, but they just didn't carry the weight in the same way. I think this year's roster, it's a year older. Well, a year older from last year when they were relatively young on, on the line of scrimmage positions, you look at, you know, let's take defensive end. Um, Greg Rousseau is now six, seven, two sixty five. Uh, Jalen Phillips is six, five, two sixty five. I think, you know, that weight gives them versatility to also move inside and play some defensive tackle during obvious passing situations. So, uh, you know, I think you look at the corners, the DBs too, you know, last year, DJ Ivy, Al Blades, Gervin Hall, they were sophomores. It was their first season as full-time starters. They were guys that kind of weighed in the 180 range. Now they're all listed above, you know, 190. You know, pretty much all those guys are now 195 pounds. Um, and, and these things might not sound like they mean much, but, you know, in a, in a game of football where things are decided by, uh, you know, slim margins, you know, these things do matter. So I guess just what I'm, what I'm getting at is this year's roster to me is older. I think too, the body types and the weights of the roster are kind of getting on track to where Miami needs to be uh, to compete with these, these other programs that recruit at a high, high level. Um. Anything else you want to get in with just kind of the weight? I, I'm surprised. I didn't even realize Greg was only 265. Um, well, last he... year, I'll just say like last year, he, his official, and again, who knows if these official things are, are true or not, but last year his official weight was 252, right? So that's kind of a big difference. You know, I think you look at some of the new guys, some of the freshmen, and there's definitely some things to get excited about. I think like Elijah Roberts, right? Who you and I feel like will eventually grow into a defensive tackle. He's listed at 6'4", 275. And to me, that's perfect. Like to me, I kind of have no doubts now that he is going to grow into a defensive tackle. Um, I was kind of, tell me if this surprised you. Marcus Clark uh, listed at 190 pounds. I, I yeah. didn't realize he was kind of that thick. And it, it, honestly, like seeing him at that weight as a true freshman corner, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe like, I don't expect him to beat out to Corey couch for the, this, the nickel corner job, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, maybe Marcus Clark can be the backup there or maybe even push to Corey Clark or to Corey couch. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Those are just some of my thoughts. No, I mean, um, we talked about how, or it's been mentioned in the past, how Miami really didn't take a true interior guy last year on, on the defensive line, but we kind of thought Elijah was going to be the guy. Good to see that he's there. Um, and I, I was honestly really surprised by uh, Marcus Clark as well, because I remember when I saw him go back to Paradise Camp last year, he was he was really yeah. thin. And, and then when I saw him during the season, I thought he was even, even you know, more lean. So um, hopefully it's 
It's the good, good weight. And I would and assume I it is, right? I mean, he's a skinny guy. Like, I don't think he's going to put on bad weight. I don't know. Right. Um, let's take a quick break. Coming up on the other side, going to get into the Leonard Taylor announcement, which will happen on Thursday. Talk a little bit more recruiting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David. Um, nation's number one defensive tackle. He's going to make an announcement on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can view it. CBS HQ, which is a live free streaming service. If you guys have never used it before, literally go to your search engine, type in CBS HQ, um, and it'll come up. It's perfectly uh, mobile friendly. You know, I've, I've done it on my iPhone. Uh, I think I was like watching Dallas Turner's announcement, like in a Publix line, like so you can pretty much do it anywhere. You can do it on your iPad. You can do it on your MacBook. If you have an Apple TV device, you can get it up on there or you know, whatever else. So it's, it's really accessible. All you need is a link. Um, but he's going to pick between Miami and Florida and the hurricanes are the 24 seven sports crystal ball leader heading into the decision. If it's Miami, how big is this one for, uh, the hurricanes, David? Huge. I mean, um, I've, you know, 24-7 compared to the rest of the recruiting industry is higher on Taylor than everyone else, right? So 24-7 has him ranked as the number four overall player in the entire country. The 24-7 sports composite, which is the average of 24-7 rivals and ESPN, has him at 27th. So, you know, that means I don't know which which. Um, which recruiting site has him ranked low, but that means someone's not that high on him. I would, I would say that's crazy to me because, you know, in, in my opinion, Leonard Taylor is the best defensive tackle prospect I've, I've ever seen in South Florida. That goes back to, so the, the best one I'd seen prior to Leonard Taylor is I've mentioned before, Corey, Corey Legit. Leggett, I forget now how to say it, uh, went on to play at Illinois, uh, went on to be a, a first-round NFL draft pick. And honestly, I think, I think their games are kind of similar as, as athletic defensive tackles that can kind of wreak havoc. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and look, I'll be, I'll be honest, too. I was, I was watching Leonard's film over the weekend, and – I wanted to compare him to the other guys that are ranked ahead of him on 24 seven. And, you know, here comes a little bit of a Homer take, but 
I, I think his film is more impressive than Corey Foreman's, who, wow. ranks, <laughs> who ranks number two on the list. Uh, I've seen JT to him. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. The number one overall player on 24 sevens uh, list. I've seen him at a seven on seven. You were there too, Andrew. And his athleticism definitely was impressive. I'm probably not willing to put Leonard above him, but you know, I will say JT doesn't really have much film out there, which, you know, is kind of frustrating. And, you know, JC Latham, I think it's fair to, to rank Leonard behind him who JC Latham is a uh, offensive tackle that is committed to Alabama and, you know, definitely a prototype there. So I would probably also to rank quarterback Caleb Williams above Leonard Taylor, just position value. And I think Caleb's an impressive talent, but I guess just what I'm getting at is look 24 seven has him ranked as a top five guy in the country. I think the film uh, definitely validates that. I think he is the biggest commit Miami's gotten in a very, very long time. If that happens, um, and, and that that includes James Williams. To be honest, I, I think Leonard Taylor um, is even better than him. So, what are your? You definitely do the recruiting thing more than I do, Andrew. What are your impressions of Leonard? Well, I mean, those are some. Those are some takes, uh, just kind of saying he's better than Corey Foreman and JT Tuma, Tumatola. Quick sidebar here. Like, well, I didn't say he's better than JT. Okay. I, I, I would rank JT higher. But uh, okay. okay, quick sidebar though. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to cover recruiting out on the West Coast because I would just – the Pauly last names would destroy me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. though, maybe it's better because, you know, you don't have people just – flooding your inbox telling you you suck at your job but like <laughs> you know um I, I i couldn't do it but you know i i i'll say this you know i've i've listened in to some of the the recruiting calls and based on everything we know about some of these guys that are in let's say the top 50 of the country i think i feel the most i feel confident that leonard taylor is going to hit just kind of based on what we've seen i, I go back to uh, spring jamboree last year when uh, Miami Palmetto was playing um, Palm Beach Lakes, tons of college coaches on the sidelines there, uh, including one power five uh, position coach who I trust to this day. Anytime he has a defensive line evaluation after Leonard Taylor basically kind of burst into the backfield on back-to-back plays. I mean, he turned to me and some other people and was like, yeah, they don't make him like that. And that was before Leonard had a, a season in which he just you know caused a ton of disruption up front I think in the previous podcast when I had uh, Charles Power on he kind of brought up how he just Leonard's a disruptive player like he just makes things really difficult for offenses and I think that's the one thing um, you should get Miami fans excited like man you need in this day and age you need a guy that can get it get to the quarterback and I think Leonard can definitely do that. So I think he's good. I mean, I don't know if he's, you know, better than Corey Foreman or, or JT, but I think you can make a case like based on what we know, um, like it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Tell me this. He's, he's listed at six four two fifty five, right? Uh, on his 24 seven sports profile. Do you think he 
you know, you've seen him recently. Would you say 255 is still fair? No, I think he's a little bit more than that. I think he's probably, you know, I think someone said he's up to 290 pounds. And if that's the case, he's carrying it extremely well. I mean, I th- I feel like the past like five podcasts, we talked about Leonard Taylor's body, but you know, he is an athletic individual. Like he doesn't have a bunch of flab and I mean, go to his social media page. You can see it, him working out. Um, but I'm not really concerned about like, who cares about the weight to me? Like, right, just, right, right. No, I get it. I'm just saying like, you know, I, I do think he's going like basically what I'm getting at. He's the prototype defensive tackle that everyone in the country wants. Um, and well, let me, let me, have I said this before? I, I mean, I probably said this. So people are like, why does he always say this? Like to me, when you look at Leonard Taylor, I could go, yep, that's the guy that's running a 40 at the NFL combine. Like yeah. that, that's kind of my thought process. Like, all right, does this guy look sloppy? Or, or what? And I, I just could definitely see him there. From a, just a recruiting battle standpoint, right? Um, how big is this for Miami? Because, you know, this, this recruitment for Leonard honestly has, you know, from a Miami perspective, has had plenty of ups and downs, right? I think early on, early, early in his recruiting process, Miami was probably the team to beat. And then last season happened and Florida kind of emerged as the team to beat. And then this off season, Miami, you know, has been able to get back in it. We'll see if they can conceal the deal uh, on Thursday, but let's say Miami does end up winning the battle, Andrew, Um, you know, from that standpoint, just the ability to go out and win these type of recruiting battles. What does that say? Well, like you said, they got to get across the finish line here. Um, I think it's, I think it's huge. And, you know, everyone will point towards the the quarantine and the shutdown of the dead period is kind of the reason why Miami potentially is going to, to land Leonard Taylor. But it's really, I think the relationships that were developed very early on. Uh, I mentioned that jamboree. I was kind of like going through photos from, uh, I guess over a year ago and like Leonard Taylor is wearing Miami gloves. So I think he, always kind of liked Miami but if if they get him I mean this is what the sixth or seventh commit in a row where Miami would have beaten out an SEC school so um, I think it would be uh, a very good sign and um, if if they had another five star to the class like look what look at the boost they got from the James Williams news that's only going to continue if, if you added other because I think so many of these kids down here in South Florida are tied in with the other kids that um, everyone kind of understands or, or sees what's happening so I think it would be an excellent sign for Miami I, I mean again like look Miami went six and seven last season right. like I, <laughs> remember when we were at the Legends All-Star Classic and like I kind of turned to you and that's that the junior All-Star game for some of the top rising seniors. And it's like, man, there is zero Miami juice right here. And that was before they lost to Louisiana tech. Right. I think. Right. Yeah, it was. I mean, things, things were bleak. We, we talked about it after the James Williams commitment, right. Um, That the way Manny Diaz has totally changed the narrative and trajectory of not only what Miami can potentially achieve on the field this year, uh, but also just the, recruiting buzz of the program i mean it's it's it really is crazy uh to think about when when you 
you know, take that depressing look back at what happened at the Independence Bowl. So, uh, you know, good for good for the coaching staff, just continuing the, to chug along and stick with the process. And, you know, we'll see if if they can land another big one on Thursday. Right. Again, so guys, um, for those that are listening, if it's already happened, you know, check the site, miami.t47sports.com. We'll have a link to the announcement. Leonard Taylor is going to be in the CBS Sports studio, um, which I think is kind of cool because this is going to yeah. be the first, like, real national TV announcement that Miami potentially is going to win um, kind of in a while. Like, you know, we had Jeff Thomas back in the 2017 cycle, uh, Nesta Silvera in the 20, was that 18 cycle? And has there been any, any since then? No, not that I can remember. No. So, I mean, that's just something else I wanted to bring up. Yeah, no, it, it, it'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. Um, let's remind people, I guess. Your crystal ball is on? It's on Miami. It's on Miami. Okay. We'll see how it goes. So should we get into, uh, should we get into the other five-star uh, prospect from Palmetto that Miami is also chasing? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. So, you know, over the weekend, uh, Manny Diaz tweeted out, a tweet that included a crystal ball and I, I believe it's like the moon exploding. Um, I, I, I interpreted it as, you know, Manny Diaz having fun obviously and saying, you know, they're blowing up the crystal ball. Right. So when you see that it, it kind of makes you, you know, we have to react to that. Right, Andrew. So after digging, so after doing some digging uh, you found out, what <laughs> just that Miami feels like they're in they on, on Saturday were in a very good spot with Jason Marshall I mean simple as that uh, and you know for a while I, everyone had thought that Florida was kind of the team to beat in the recruitment um, things had shifted or or what you heard had shifted towards Alabama recently but on Saturday man I mean there was people that were saying Miami was in a, a really good spot. And I think Miami's still in a very good spot. And look, Jason has not set a date for that commitment. He has not put anything out there. So um, where we stand kind of coming out of the weekend, I think Miami feels good or, or they're in the running for Jason Marshall, but I think Alabama's just not going to go away. So that's kind of, it's kind of where things stand, I guess, on where we Wednesday morning. Yes. Can you, I think it, it might be a good exercise to maybe explain what the crystal ball tries to achieve, right? I, I guess my, my understanding of what the crystal ball is supposed to be is just, you know, it, it, it kind of takes the temperature of where a recruitment currently stands, right? So, you know, basically what I'm getting at is Manny Diaz tweets what he tweets. You check in with your sources and see what, what's going on, what that means. Your sources kind of tell you, hey, we're feeling good about Jason Marshall. So then that means you, you, you in turn 
change your crystal ball to Miami. Um, do, do you think that's a fair way to characterize how fans should view the crystal ball? I mean, it's, it's a projection, isn't it? Like uh, that's, that, that uh, that's the thing I, I think I struggle with. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a projection. It's a guess. That doesn't mean, you know, if a crystal ball is on, on one school, that doesn't mean a kid is going there. People beat the crystal ball all the time. Eric Gilbert, the Gatorade National Player of the Year last cycle, everyone thought he was going to, I think it was Georgia and Alabama, and he ended up going to LSU. There's surprises all the time. Um, and I, I guess, I mean, maybe it's because – I've been conservative with my crystal balls over, over the years or, or normally when I put one in, it means something is imminent, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a projection and I just, I, I don't know. I mean, all you can do is your, it's your job to report on, on the news of recruiting with the Miami hurricanes. So, you know, if, if Miami tells you they feel good about Jason Marshall, that's kind of your job to report that. I think it's also fair to say, uh, you know, we're not going to go into details on this, but like there have been instances in the past where Miami has said, Hey, you know, we'll tell you off the record, you know, everything's off the record, but we'll tell you, uh, we're feeling good here, but can you please not put in a crystal ball just because you have that type of relationship with Miami. Right. Um, and you always respect that. So um, you're not going to overstep your bounds with your crystal ball. Fair to say? Yeah, I, I would say that's absolutely fair to say. All right. Anything else you want to add on Jason Marshall? Um, you know, I, I would, this is just me talking, right? So I would say, you know, I, I'm kind of expecting Leonard Taylor to make a decision first. And then we'll kind of see what happens with Jason Marshall. Jason Marshall might even, I mean, it might not even happen imminently. Who knows? But uh, that's kind of where my mind's at. No, I think that's a, that's a good, good point. And should also bring up the fact that, you know, when these kids go to make commitments or decisions, you know, they have to have difficult conversations with people in those recruitments. Um, you know, they don't just call one school and then not tell the other schools what they're going to do. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that and how fluid things are with recruiting. Uh, Jansen Dunn, you remember him yeah. um, from the beginning of the cycle. You know, he was uh, Miami, his dad played basketball at Miami, top 24-7 defensive back out of the Kentucky area. Miami actually got him on campus back in January. You know, he committed to Oklahoma – went and called Ohio State, told him, hey, guys, I'm going to Oklahoma. Ohio State all of a sudden goes, well, no, 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 you have a spot here. So he ends up committing to Ohio State, calling Oklahoma back, telling him he's no longer going, and then announcing Jeez. to Ohio State. That's how fluid, like... That's, that's recruiting, though. That's, that's what makes it fun for fans to follow, uh, but that is also what makes it frustrating at times for guys like you to cover on a day-to-day basis because, you know, it is so wacky at times. So I'm not saying Jason Marshall's situation is wacky at all. Um, 
but I, I do think it's worth, you know, this was worth us maybe clearing things up and kind of explaining, you know, from our point of view, just what the crystal ball is and just the uh, set of events that led to, you know, you, you making your crystal ball prediction for Jason Marshall, which in my opinion is, is exciting. So I think Hurricanes fans should be excited about that. It's, it's kind of amazing, man. I mean, Miami sitting with the top 10 class on the, you know, potentially on the eve of landing um, the nation's number one ranked defense tackle. And you read some of the messages out there and you would think um, they just lost FIU the night before. Like, (laughs) yeah. And, and, you know, look, I think, I mean, basically what's going on is everyone's super excited and at the same time, super nervous. And I get it. Like it's an exciting and nervous thing. Um, but you know, let's, let's, uh, focus that energy on stuff that is productive, right? Like you have no, your crystal ball, like I think insinuating that your crystal ball and, and that your reporting can change anybody's recruitment is giving you far too much power, right? Like, I mean, let's be real. If that was happening, then we would be, you know, doing our best to try and get all these five stars to come to Miami, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just kind of my my feelings on things. No, and one last thing. I mean, with the Jance Dunn situation, like, I'm not saying that's what happened with Jason Marshall. I'm just bringing it up. Right. That is a known published story that's out there that has been talked about at length um and if you want to investigate it even further you know zach smith the former ohio state uh wide receivers coach he does his own podcast um menace to society if you scroll through that feed you will find him talking about that exact situation and his interpretation from a college coach's perspective of what happened i'm just saying that's how fluid you know this recruiting stuff is um so, I mean, to think that, you know, a crystal ball is going to dictate where a kid goes to school. Like, I mean, Nick Saban has gotten where he is because he's Nick Saban, not because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, crystal balls or anything like that. So um, there's us, there's also what a, we should talk about a, he's a 2022 defensive lineman set to make a decision, right, Andrew? What do we need to know there? Yeah, Brandon Cleveland, who's out of the Tampa area, he will make a commitment Friday night on uh, one of the local Spectrum Sports 360 things, uh, 360 channel. I'm not in the Tampa area. A top 24-7 kid, got a bunch of offers down to Miami and Florida State. I still haven't made a prediction on that, uh, but I think Miami's kind of sitting in a good spot. He played last season at Sefner Christian Academy, which made a pretty deep run in the 2A state finals. Going to play his junior season at um, Carrollwood Day. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, Miami already has one 2022 commit in the boat, Jamal Johnson, who's a defensive lineman. I think he's kind of a tweener type that slides inside. Brandon Cleveland, probably a defensive tackle all the way. I mean, actually he is. So you add those two. Uh, Miami might even be set. Uh, for the next cycle on the interior, and then they would be trying to load up on edge rushers. So again, check the site. I'm sure he's announcing somehow. I'm I'm not sure there's going to be a stream, but we'll definitely try to have a link for that. Do you, what would you handicap Miami's chances? 
I think they're pretty good. I, I, I mean, I, I honestly do. I, I think it's Miami or Florida State. Um, I, I do not believe he has visited Miami before, but I know there's been contact with the staff. Uh, counterpoint, though, he was at Florida State before the um, NCAA put a temporary recruiting dead period into place. So I could definitely see them being the pick. Uh, should also point out he is related to Tyree Cleveland, the former Florida wide receiver who I believe is now with the Denver Broncos. So um, comes from an athletic family, uh, productive on the field. Interested to see, though, how he would develop as, as a junior season, as a junior, assuming we have a season. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, 2022, he's a young guy. How good is he, would you say? Is he big-time guy or four-star guy? I think he's a four-star guy. I mean, I don't think he's Leonard Taylor. I'll, I'll, I'll say right. that. So, um, again, like I, he's someone I would want to see more of a, as a junior. You know, right. like there's a lot of things to like kind of coming off that, that sophomore tape. But junior years are traditionally when guys take massive steps forward. So, um, right. you know, I, he was playing 2A football last year, I think. Or, yeah, 2A football. So, want to see just kind of how the progression comes along all right I think that wraps it up I think you know obviously again we should say Leonard Taylor gonna decide CBS HQ one o'clock I have that time right Andrew 1 p.m eastern time Miami starts camp Friday 7 p.m eastern yeah. time or 6 30 lots going on we're in we're in Jason Marshall limbo so we'll see what 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 happens there um, and yeah, I would, I would also encourage, you know, look, 24 seven sports as a network, um, it is celebrating its 10 year anniversary, uh, this August. So to commemorate, commemorate that they have a 50% off deal av available all month. Right. So again, I would encourage everyone that's a fan of this podcast to show us some support. Uh, get an annual subscription that's a year's worth of coverage for ends up being 53 bucks. So uh, if you if you enjoy the entertainment we provide on the podcast, I think you'll also enjoy the website. Uh, I would encourage everyone too to keep checking out the website. It's definitely a, an exciting time right now with with football right around the corner. Um, again, thank everyone for uh, rating and reviewing the podcast. Keep keep doing that if y'all don't mind it definitely helps us in the algorithm and and yeah anything else you want to add andrew no we'll talk to you guys later take care